Podcast. Third degree, the third degree net podcast. Third degree, the third degree net podcast. Third degree, the third degree net podcast. Third degree the podcast is brought to you by Soccer90.com. That got everything you want for the Premier League, Serie A, MLS, and of course, FC Dallas gear. Shop Soccer90.com for all your jerseys, t-shirts, and more. And as a third degree listener, you get 20% off your order when you use the code third degree at checkout. That's 20% off. Soccer9.com, code third degree. Some exclusive supply. Well, hello there, FC Dallas Curious fan. Welcome to episode number 247, 247 of Third Degree, the podcast. Boy, what times we live in of fans of this club. I'm Peter, alongside Dan Crook. Howdy, Dan. Howdy. Howdy, indeed. And your hero, my hero, everybody's hero, editor, founder, and the original of thirddegree.net, Buzz Carrick. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for joining me in Florida for my uh, little extravaganza. Whatever. Rub it in. You're on vacation. (laughs) Just for a couple days. You've been feels like you've been there for a week already. Well, it was a couple of days drive down, and then I was there for two days, and now I'm driving back. Did you ride the teacups? No, no, I don't do teacups. Those are vomit city for me. Space I, I, Mountain. I spent most of the day in the Star Wars section, nerding out like a the oh. geek that I am. All I right. did not build well, a two hundred fifty dollars lightsaber, though. Is it is it worth the is it does it live up to the hype the experience of it? The Star Wars section does. Yeah, yeah, it's phenomenal. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The attention to detail do, is. You incredible. didn't do the hotel thing, though. No, 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 no. Just, just the Star Wars section of their Hollywood Park. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a quarter, basically a quarter of the thing, and the detail is just amazing. They have ships everywhere and built all the buildings and the cantina. It's just incredible. Uh, it's like it's like actually being in a Star Wars movie. That's what it feels like, except for all the nerds walking around. But hey, hey, Danny drank the blue Jar Jar Banks milk. <laughs> what the hell is that? Well, the one I drank, it's just it's just like a blue slushy thing. It's not really milk. It's like a, you know, it's it's like a cold. Uh, it looks like know, a medicine. Daiquiri. It's like a daiquiri. You can get booze in it if you want, but it's just no. It's like a I, smoothie. I, I, don't know. I, I know jack shit about Star Wars stuff. It's awfully boring. But uh, all, all I, I saw that picture, and all I could think is, "Oh my god, it's the blue waffle meme come back." <laughs> well, I hope you and the Amy are having fun in uh, Dis- your world or land. Uh, world, Florida. Okay, Orlando. oh, that's right. You're in Orlando. Okay. Well, yeah, she's down fun. there working ODP, and so she had a day off. So I came down, and we went to. She's a Star Wars nerd, also. So did you? Did you text Poppy? Uh, no, because I didn't have time to do anything but hang out with her because i was on she only had a day off and i'm only gonna be there for like a day and a half and i was out so okay if i'd have been here for longer i would have texted him but i didn't want to spoil his preseason he's not even be here for all i know he's in somewhere else when do dan and i get our gifts uh it's in the mail it'll it'll be there (laughs) excellent hopefully it doesn't get lost with the check and uh the next bottle of old mage's bacon bourbon yeah i don't know where that went Love it. Well, uh, since we last talked, and I feel like last time we were all sitting here twiddling our thumbs going, all right, when is this uh, thing going to kick off and do something? Well, boy, howdy, things have kicked off, and it appears 
credit to the club. And I, and I think I've, in fairness to us, I feel like we did say in the last few weeks, be patient. You know, it's the window hasn't opened. Yeah. Don't assume anything. You know, it's okay to get bummed out that everybody else is making moves, but just hold on tight. And sure enough, things feel like they're moving about little a little bit. But I, I have to say it was the uh, Bogart mustache tweet mm. last night that had just sent my head into a tizzy that Jesus was uh, Jesus Ferrer was going to sign a deal to be sold for $13 million to Spartak Moscow. He wanted to go. He was negotiating terms. The club had agreed to sell him, but it was MLS that said no. And I had a hundred questions about it. And none of them were, why did MLS block this? Oh, okay. I, I, that was, I mean, I, I think it's pretty obvious why MLS blocked it. But first, let me just say, yeah, that, no, that's not, yeah. that's not, that's not my question. I know yeah. why MLS blocked it. Yeah. Um, well, let me just first say that not that Bogart needs my validation, but I definitely checked with Jesus's people and it's all real. This is all true. Um, you know, they, they did have the sale lined up. Jesus was really excited to go. He had was negotiating terms, which I hear in, from other people were really, really good. Um, involving things like after-tax numbers and things like that, because it is Russia and all that stuff. Um, and MLS did indeed block it. So, um, and he's pissed. <laughs> Jesus is pissed, as you can imagine. Uh, he really wanted this. So, um, you know, he's not mad at FC Dallas. FC Dallas is ready to sell him. He was gone. Um, it happened over the last two weeks. This whole scenario. So, um, it's a you know, if if, if you want to ask the question. Um, you know, was, was Dallas after a nine because of this? No, they've been after a nine for a while. Apparently this is something that just came up recently and, uh, it fell apart recently. So, um, it's, it is all real legit. Go down. You, you know, the, uh, the, the meme that's been made out of the scene from Goodfellas where, uh, oh, uh, Ray Liotta's characters just laughing hysterically with his funny mascara looking eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that needs to be made with the caption. And then he said he actually wants to go to Russia. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I feel like I know everybody last night was freaked out and like wanting to be mad at MLS for blocking this. And I'm not going to say that they are right or wrong to block it. I understand why they did. I'm not saying it's the right or wrong thing, but I, it, it seems like, duh, you yeah. don't do business with Russian clubs. Not right now. Um, and, and, uh, and I'm sure, and I know there's a story that their owner has some sort of financial blockage going on here in the United States. That's a whole side story to that. But I think the real question is at least question number one, there are kind of, there's two questions and it's like one a and one B, which is one a, what does it mean that Jesus was willing to go to Russia and B what does it mean that FC Dallas was willing to sell him to Russia? Well, I've been saying for a while that the sale price wasn't going to be, you know, 12, 12.5 mil was that was, that was the hunt's price on Asus. Um, and obviously that's the case. 13 yeah. was going to get him out the door. Um, you know, when you, when you have a valuation on a player and somebody meets it, you sell them, you know, that's, that's the way this world works in soccer. Now why Asus would want it. I, I tried to put myself into his shoes uh, and first I would say that Jesus um, is more like his dad, uh, you know, being from Colombia, even though he was raised here, you know, he's from there and he has that warrior traveler mentality that his dad had, where he's, he's going to hop all over the globe chasing the game. And so I, I don't think that he 
would quite look at this like you or I might look at it, who have raised our entire lives here in the United States. I think there's a small difference there. Uh, secondly, we know how much he gets paid. And we also know, for example, like Weston McKinney at UVA has reportedly has an offer of 2.5 million a season on the table. That's not that far out of reach for even SC Dallas. So, you know, we've said before many times, there's only about five leagues in the world that can afford to give Jesus a raise if he moves. And a club like this is one, if you're not worried about where the money is coming from or how it's going to get to you, which is a totally different question. You know, there definitely was apparently a good raise for him on the table. So, the other thing is right now they're banned from UEFA competitions, but yeah. you have to think about the fact that they probably won't be forever. One can assume probably things do change. So I'm, I'm sure Jesus looks at it like someone might look at any other club on the periphery of the big five or six that, you know, you're not going to be in the champions right away, but people might see you, you know, and, and, and if you're looking for a club that can afford you, if you're not quite getting those offers from that big five or six, you know, this is one that can, there are not very many that can that are outside those leagues. So um, that's that's what I thought of when I was trying to put myself in his shoes of why he'd be interested in it. That's what I came up with. Um, I, I didn't get enough information from his people to know if that's exactly right, but I do know he really wanted it. So, you know, the best I can do is try and put myself out there is like, think of it from your own personal perspective. If somebody offered you a boatload of money to go for Russia for a year or two, would you do it in your profession? You know, and, and I'm 53, so I probably am not. But if I'm 22, I might be all hell yeah, I'm going, let's go, you know. Is so, Jesus married? No. So he doesn't have kids? No. I mean, as far as I know, he doesn't. But, okay. You know, he doesn't put them on Instagram or anything. It's not like I've been right. to his house. <laughs> okay. You well, I, no, that's an important part of it. Like if yeah. he was uh, married and kids, maybe that changes and that would make it even more. I think my immediate reaction was, well, the only reason why he would want to do this is because it's the only uh, European offer on the table or not your, yeah, I guess it is European offer on the table, even though it's, it's Russia, but it, again, yeah. there's no, you, no UEFA games in there. And I don't, and to be honest with you, Buzz, I, I don't think that's, uh, that's happening again anytime soon. Oh, pro- probably not. I'm, I'm sure it's not. And, and we'll get to, we'll get into what's next here in a minute, but like, you know, when, if you call the FC Dallas and ask about Jesus, they're going to tell you where the base price is, where, where the negotiations start. And most clubs at that point hang up. Because right. most people can't afford him. You know? So my second question goes back to the, the 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 front office side of this is after the whole thing with Boa Vista and Reggie Cannon and never getting paid for that, why in the world would they even want to sniff around a deal that would include having to navigate those financial waters? <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea on that one. I can't help you on the hunt side as to what uh, what they were thinking, Um, you know. So They've can I be gotten... a conspiracy theorist here? <laughs> oh, sure. Go ahead. That the Hunts said, we don't want to do this deal. MLS, will you please be the one to block mm. it so that we don't have to be the bad guy in this? Well, that'd be sneaky as hell, but I suppose they could have. Oh, I mean, they may have honestly just played ball. I mean, not not even asked MLS, but been like, well, okay, they're owned by a Russian corporation that has sanctions against it. They can't use the SWIFT payment system, so... MLS owns the contract, right? So MLS gets paid. They don't give us the money. Uh, yeah, we can we can definitely pass the buck and not even you know not even admit it to MLS that they they wouldn't want to necessarily go through with it. Yeah, it's a it, you know they're always talking about wanting to keep players happy, wanting to be that club that's not standing in the way. So yeah, I mean, well they have a track record of that. I mean. Something. 
they've sold people off at their great detriment because the player asked for it. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Kellen so Costa. If, if he if he wants to go, he, he oh yeah, like you say. And I don't know if it was like conspiracy to the point of them asking MLS to be the bad guy. I mean, you know, there was no way that transfer would ever go through. There's there's no way to pay for it. So yeah, it's it's easy to to not even have to go to MLS and say be the bad guy for us. Just know it's not going to happen. So Buzz, what uh, what's what's your kind of like thirty thousand foot overview of this particular story? Well, um, I, I think it I think it demonstrates things that we've been talking about. You know that Jesus does have an ambition to take a step up to the next level. That it was going to be difficult for him because of what he gets paid. Um, the Hans have a price they're willing to sell at. And, you know, the longer Jesus stays here the lower his price goes because the shorter his contract will be amount he has left on his contract. You know, there is a point of no return for FC Dallas in the sense of like, if you let him become a free agent, he's almost certainly just going to bolt on his own. Cause I, you know, that he doesn't have option years. I don't believe, um, you know, his contracts up, his contracts up, you know, and he's, and he's already indicated that he's ready for the next thing. Now, if you're Jesus and you want to look towards your future, you know, it's one thing to say you're mad at the league, you're mad at the team, but you can't fold up tent and not play um, because you need, there's no other uh, offer out there like this right now. So you need to have another great season to try and bring in some offers for yourself. You know, you can't just complain and walk out. You're not, you have nowhere to go because you can't be afforded by many other people, you know, and if he continues to be hurt relatively frequently, and he may be hurt again, we don't know yet. Um, you know, it, it'll lower his price as well. And no one, no one will want to pay it. So, um, it's not real. He has no recourse at this point. Jesus does in terms of like going forward with this deal. It's like once someone rejects it, it's over. They have no other option and there's nothing else on the table. So re- really uh, all this deal does in the high, in the long term is, you know, confirm what we all thought about this, him and his team and the price and all that stuff and sort of establish that MLS is not going to do business with Russia apparently. So this is not the first time they've rejected a move to Russia by somebody. And and I agree with you, Peter. I thought it was weird that the Hunts were willing to go ahead when they're, they've already been burned by BOA. So why would you try somebody even riskier than that? Even though there are plenty of ways to funnel money around if you're a rich person, you know, these conglomerates all in these businesses anyway. You know, they, the, the Russian clubs all have conglomerate business operations set up in European countries like Germany and whatever, you know, so that they can move money in and out of Russia. But, you know, there's ways around all that stuff that I'm not, of course, that level of an economics person, but I've talked to people about how it all would work, and they said it's easily doable, you know, other than it must blocked it. So, yeah, it's weird. It's interesting. to. It'll be interesting to keep an eye on how this uh, affects Jesus's attitude, if yeah. at all. Uh, we'll get into the injury situation here in a little bit because I think there's some question marks about that. And the other yeah. part of it that I think is interesting ties into the second uh, ongoing storyline with the club, which is their link to the Croatian forward, Petar Musa, um, and and whether or not those two, if, if the Jesus move was related to that or not, because I, I it, part of my interest in FC Dallas being willing to sell him is that, man, they got to... They gotta. They can't just hire one guy. If they sell Jesus now, they've got two spots to fill. Well, some of the other spots. If you were going to get a nine, um, which is the plan, and Jesus wasn't going to be a nine, then some of those other spots Jesus was going to play can be filled by other people. I mean, they're not going to be as good as Jesus. But you got Bernie. If you're going to go with a wing, if you're going to go, 
you know, the, the three, four, three look, you can, you can use, um, you know, areola, you can use legit, you can use, you know, multiple guys in that underneath sort of spot. You know, there, there's lots of ways you could fill it in. None of them yes. are as good as Jesus. Right. But you that's know, the problem. Yeah. Because if, if, if getting this Petter Musa guy was an, was a, uh, a move to improve the quality of the team, getting him, but losing Jesus is kind of a wash at this point, at yeah. that point. Well, you'd have an open DP spot, you know, so you, you, you would fill the, the current open DP piece by you have you would fill with the new guy and then you have another one that would open up and so you'd have to try and you know it, it probably would be i mean l- listen the window just opened the window uh, hasn't been opened yet it opens like this week and it runs till like april so you have like four months in the first window to do something mm-hmm. and the second window doesn't even roll around till like late july august or whatever it is i don't have it in front of me but you know so there's plenty of time to do something with that other dp spot i mean obviously if you if you lose Jesus's goal production, you're going to be hurting that, you know, I'm sure they would try and move to get something that would fill that, some of that spot or, or maybe not. Maybe they'll just be really happy with what they have. See what Bernie has to offer. You know, how the analysis leave Ariola DB. Yeah. Hmm. Remember this was, what did we say at the beginning of this winter, right? This was an ambition test winner. And they've been passing the test in the sense, like it looks like they went out and it looks like they're going after the nine. Well, then if they lose Jesus, it's like, okay, are you, is, the, is are you now going to wash your hands and sit on it? Or are you going to be ambitious and go replace Jesus too? So, you know, I assume they'll they'll think that at thirteen million dollars they can replace him, you know, or, okay. or it may cost you thirteen to get this Musa guy. For all I know, his price seems to be relatively high, since somebody else wants him as well. Well, before I move on to Musa, Dan, any additional thoughts or observations about the Jesus storyline? Not, not really. I mean, it's. Uh... It's a bizarre one for the player to want, other than the monetary aspect. Uh, you know, Russia's not the greatest shop window to uh, to a big league, and especially not with uh, you know such a delicate situation. It's uh, looks like it's going to carry on for a very long time. Uh, just kind of smacks the idea of wanting to get out of of Dallas, and maybe that's because last year was a stagnant year, and that leaves a bad taste in his mouth. Maybe who who knows? It's uh, but yeah, that was, that was a that was a real surprise to see. We do hear chatter from time to time that you know this player or that player is unhappy with the level of ambition the hunts show. You know that that's that's rung that that sound has rung for years. You know for people that know people and that kind of thing. I've never had a player like outright say that to me. But when you see guys like this that are like, "Yep, I'm ready to go," it's like that's that's part of it sometimes. Yeah, well, it just feels different. I mean, if it was Holland or Portugal or Spain, it's Russia. I mean, yeah, uh, it just feels weird to me that you would want to move to a country that is clearly in the situation they are in, and some of the reality, I yeah. mean, the, the whole Brittany Griner thing. I, I mean, I don't know what the background on that is, and I don't know if it's fair to bring that up, but I, it just feels like a weird place. I, I can't tell if that is a level of ambition, A, B, a level of desperation, or C, just not very good um, decision-making? Well, I think you can – it comes down to, for me, like you can count the number of teams that can afford him and his salary, you know, leagues or teams, and it's not very many. You know, so I think he's probably saw it as as one that was ready and had the money, Yeah, you know. but he he knew that when he signed the deal with Dallas for almost two million he bucks did. a year. He, he did, but it, it's a it's a shorter deal. Like I think I think at the time it was only four, you know, and he's going to come out of it at like twenty twenty four. I think he's going to come out of it. 
So he'll be pretty primed, you know, and, yeah. and free and, and prime of his career and, and have value to get a really big contract. But he he accelerated faster perhaps than he even expected when you're banging an 18 and all of a sudden you're in the national team. You know, and, and maybe FC Dallas right now isn't good enough to get you in the national team. If FC Dallas isn't very good, you know, that may be part of his thinking too. And really only – there's not that many teams that A, would want him and B, can afford him, both the buy and the salary. is a small, short list right now. So sounds like you need someone better advising him, honestly. I, yeah, maybe. I don't know. He's got a pretty good agency. You know, it's not like it's a bad agency. Um, you know, the, the, they'll have some juice now that the MLS blocked this one. The next one, it'll be like, you damn well better prove this one. Hey, Dan, doesn't yeah. doesn't Spartak Moscow play on turf? Probably. I mean, it's, it's Russia. Not a lot of it grows grass. Yeah. Weird. Just, it's not the it's not the Russia of the nineties, you know, when it was a real powerhouse. I mean, I, I looked at their salary structure, and um, as an FC Dallas player, he would be one of their top five earners. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That just seems a, a baffling situation, and and you know, maybe it is. Maybe it's agent led. Honestly, maybe it's hey, look, let's make this link that we know is never in a million years can actually happen, but it gets his name out there. Yeah. He's with Wasserman. It's a pretty strong organization, you know, and, and when you think about it too, like uh, Bogart's article mentions that he reached out to FC Dallas and MLS for comment and hadn't heard back. Well, pretty clear if you're reaching out to those guys, where the leak came from, um, not specifically, of course, I don't actually know, but it's pretty clear to me that the leak probably came from someone at Wasserman or his agent directly, or even Jesus himself. You know, to get this out and to show, like, a set the price for yourself, show that you're ready to go, show that you're now mad at MLS and now you're going to want to go even more. You know that kind of thing. It's pretty clear why yeah. it's all happening. I mean, it all follows, you know, media day uh, last week. Uh, you know, a pretty someone asked that question when he when he's thinking about moving to Europe, and it was kind of a you know, one of those wishy washy. You know, when the time's right, I want to win. A, I want to win some cups. I want to do this. I want to do that. But when the time's right, I'll know. What do you think the justified reaction or feeling for the curious should be about this, specifically towards Pacers? <laughs> well, I don't. I don't think anything's changed in how we think about him, right? I mean, we we all thought this was what he wanted in the middle to long term, anyway. So it's not any different, you know. If, if you get a chance to get what I what I'm hearing rumor was is a big raise, you know, and and, and you're going to get a cut of a thirteen million dollar sale price, and you're going to get that that quote that quote unquote move to Europe that you've been after, you know, it's hard to knock that on a guy, especially for a guy like Jesus, where people are like, no, he's not worth the, the eighteen or twenty that you're going to get for Pepe. And some people were like, oh, he's not worth like seven or eight. But if you're thirteen, you're going to go, you know. So you don't you don't blame a guy for that. I don't anyway. I, mean, I wouldn't think they would. I don't, I don't know. know. Let's be honest. The, most of the fans, not even the fan base, are not even going to know this happened. You know, it's only. 10, 20% that care enough to know this even happened. I don't know. It just, I, the whole thing just feels really weird. And the, especially the, the front office part of it, like their willingness to sell him. I don't know. The whole thing is just uh bizarre. All right. Well then moving on to the uh, other running storyline is the fact that Dallas has continuously been connected to this uh, Petar Musa who is 25, Croatian, he's a forward, um, is currently playing for Benefica. He's not getting a ton of time at Benefica, though. 
Um, but they're, you know, if you go and look at him on FB ref, depending on which particular set of metrics you look at, there's reason to get excited, except for the fact that he's just not played a lot lately um, since since joining Betafica. You know, I can't add anything particular or specific like that, that I know that FC Dallas is after this guy specifically. But we continue to see this is about the seventh or eighth different striker we've seen linked to the club. And, you know, it's not just like last week confirmed for me that they are 100% after a nine. And I talked to Nico about, you know, the kind of nine they want. They want a guy to, that can play a more post-up style. You know, at the time he was talking to me about Jesus playing off of that player. I don't know whether at that point he already knew about the deal being rejected because they were all in about Jesus playing these other positions and trying new formations and stuff like all last week when I was watching training, not all this week, it was one day. And they were already discussing like how it's going to work when they get a striker and pair him with Jesus and all these ideas. And, and, and for him to be all in on those ideas and they were working on it actively in training, you know, it makes me think that maybe this thing already had been rejected at that point, you know, or, he didn't even know about it, which would be even worse if Nico didn't know. I sure hope that's not the case. I'm not even going to guess that that's the case. I assumed that it had already been rejected and they were moving forward with Jesus being the guy. you know. And that's the thing that's pretty clear too is that this going after a nine is independent of whether Jesus would have stayed or not. And that's really important to understand that they're talking about it trying to play a just slightly different way. Not massively different way, just a slightly different way. Well, what's interesting about this particular rumor is the thing that Dan tweeted out uh, before the Miami game at the Cotton Bowl. And Dan, would you would you share what Dan Hunt said to you? Uh, yeah, he did a little uh, availability with with media. Uh, it was the messy circus, right? So you could count the number of people actually go to FC Dallas games on uh, two fingers, two. Which is a pretty In good terms ratio. Of the media. Yeah, yeah. Um, so somebody asked uh, one of those fluff questions about, you know, if, if Miami hadn't signed Messi, uh, would, would, would you have pulled the trigger on it? Um, yeah, Dan Hunt, it is Dan Hunt kind of waffle. Um, <laughs> and and then he uttered the phrase, he'd previously said something about um, targets surround. Uh, targets would come after the Miami game because that would be the benchmark for if the team can score goals and uh, the team needs goal scorers. He then uttered the words that uh, they're potentially trying to bring in the largest dollar amount signing in team history, then cited Alan Velasco as the current mark, which we know to be seven to eight million. Uh, Say... yeah, uh, Musa being you know valued in the range of eleven to fifteen million, that that would certainly um, be you know match up with that statement. Mm-hmm. What's interesting to me about that whole situation is that um, if they're talking about spending that kind of money on a guy, up until now they've always said money has to come in in order to go out. You know, but the Pepe money is almost all completely gone already. You know, they used a whole big chunk of it on Velasco. They used the parts they got internally on, on shows on. Well, they, they gave a lot of raises in the organization. They spent a lot of money across the organization and improved a lot of things. Drone shows. So was you just said one they bought a lot of raisins. Yeah. And, and Ariola's record gam transfer and, and bringing in legit. And, you know, the, so this is money they're talking about. And everything I understand about all the, both of these deals is that these things were independent, that they weren't using Jesus money to get this nine. They're after a nine, 
the Jesus was like a side thing. So they were they were looking to actually spend money of their own amount, their own pockets, you know, of a pretty high number. That's new. That's before yeah. that was the Nielsen or that was far uh, uh, horror. They were they waited until they were like a million or they were free. Like to go out and spend thirteen million. That's that's new territory for the hunts, and that's kind of exciting. Uh, you know, especially since. If they still do it and they didn't sell Jesus, then that's really exciting because it means they just wrote a check. And that's new. I, with, without question. It, and when I heard this, I didn't believe it when I first read it. I was like, there's no way they're about to spend this amount of money unless they sell somebody first. And I would assume the only player on the roster that's going to generate that level of income is Jesus, unless maybe they felt like they could sell Velasco for what they paid for him and, you know, that kind of deal. So, yeah, I'm 100% in agreement. It would be shocking. If they got this guy and did not sell Jesus to help fund it, because not only is he expensive, he's a prime of his age type player. I mean, he clearly has a pedigree going on and appears to be quite a player and would be a huge addition to this team. Whether or not he actually works out is to be determined, but man, it would be a a seismic shift in how this club is run and everybody's perception about this thing if they got this guy. Well, they have said things about needing to respond to the new landscape and the messy change and all that stuff. You know, I mean, they're aware the World Cup's coming. Um, I do think it's funny that this guy actually played at Boa Vista at one point. That's hysterical. <laughs> so, on loan. <laughs> they can grumble about it together if they sign him. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's 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 a guy that is interesting and, and totally fits the profile of what Coach said they were after, that higher, bigger body the post-up body you and I have talked about this many times, Peter and Dan has to, of course, you know, the, the Blas Perez, right. The guy mm-hmm. to occupy the space and let Jesus move around and off of him. We saw the formation that they played and again, in the mind again, which we'll get to later is designed for that. The things that they've worked on in training are designed for that. It's particularly designed with Jesus for that. So it's, it's obviously a, a goal for the spring that this is, this is what they want to try and do. You know, Jesus, when I went, the day I went to training, he didn't play nine for a single second. He played wing or off or underneath the whole time. And Ansa and Logan Farrington played nine the whole game, whole training session. So it's clearly a thing that this is what they're doing. And it's exciting. Yeah. Well, one thing to keep in mind as well, uh, you know, you talked about the, the change in landscape. Part of that change in landscape is you have to be that taken seriously team to get the messy game. You know, FC Dallas yeah. locked into it last year, but I think there are there are away games uh, this year. I want to say they're playing at least one of the LA teams. So I mean, so yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, if they want to have that extra income, they they kind of have to you know speculate to accumulate. Yeah, and all the rumors continue to swirl that uh, you know, and by rumors I mean people that we know that the hunts are you know, circling the drain on this idea of putting another hundred, hundred fifty million dollars into Toyota stadium. And that that's happening soon, you know, exactly when will remains to be seen. But, you know, Dan Hunt said, told me two months ago, they're like, yeah, we're hundred percent doing that. You know, not that number. He didn't say that, but that's what we hear behind the scenes from people we know. So, I mean, this club's the hunts are looking to move and change things around here. Um, you know, like we said, winner of ambition, do you have it or not? And signs are showing that maybe they actually do have it. 
Well, it, it's interesting because obviously Musa is a player that's a bit in demand. There's lots of other associated rumors about him going to other, you know, European clubs looking for his services. So, you know, it's that uh, idea of does a guy that's playing in Europe want to stay in Europe? Does he want to come to the United States? He is only 25. How does that relate to his uh, ability to get into his national team, et cetera, et cetera? So, uh, you know, look, but we also have an entire planet of soccer players to go out and spend $13 million mm-hmm. on. He's not like, the only one out there no no and that's what's important to understand is like there's been seven or eight strikers linked the important thing is the number stratosphere in which we're talking about we're talking about players that have been linked anywhere between like 7 10 13 million dollars they're in the upper stratosphere like alan velasco money or more kind of level they've been younger for the most part the ones that had been 30 depth house as i told you last week passed on the the orgiri guy where you say his name for example so like they're targeting guys yeah, and, and we've always, as we always say, if you hear about one guy, there was 10 more that got talked about, discussed, you didn't hear about. And of the 10 links you hear, only one of them or two of them are actually real, and only one of them might come tr- to fruition. So, again, don't fixate on this one guy, as you say, Peter. Just fixate on the idea that they are showing signs of life in a way that would, that, that is important. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, well, there have been signings, and uh, the the one that we've already talked about and don't really need to spend any time on is the Corsa signing. He's redone, and I guess that makes him center back number four, four. on the team. By the way, I got my hand slapped. It's Corcha. <laughs> I've been saying oh, it wrong. All right. Corcha. <laughs> all right. It has a little uh, dooley thing hanging off of it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, good. We'll, the, we the are sea does. Du- Duly noted. Yeah. The other one was the surprise one today, although I, I, I don't think anybody knew who the player was. We just knew there was this type of player coming. And it's the most confusing first name ever. Patrickson yeah. Delgado. And he appears to be a young loan signing out of Ecuador. What do you know, Buzz? Well, he's a six from Ecuador. <laughs> so, you know, I, he's he's not, you know, coming off a World Cup like at the age of 20 like Grezzo was. But, um, you know, he did he did come just off of a loan to Ajax. You know, he didn't succeed at Ajax, but obviously Ajax is a great scouting group. So the fact they were at least interested is makes me interested. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what I find particularly interesting is, and I can't tell you a whole bunch about this kid's game, but, you know, there are, he has been in the Ecuador national team system and played games. I don't know if he has senior caps or youth caps or whatever, but he is a young project uh, kind of six um, and has played for Ajax, moved him around, tried him in different spots or whatever. But um, it, it's funny that if we, go, if we go back to the article I wrote at the beginning of, this, of the winter of like, okay, how is this team actually going to get better? And what we talked about was a nine or what I talked about was a nine. I talked about a center back. They went out and got Omar Gonzalez, not the center back I meant, but whatever they did it. And then I talked about the idea of bringing in a six. Now, they didn't bring in a high-profile starter six, but they definitely brought in a guy who can compete and might be a depth piece. And, it, and the, the idea there is that you had you were using Asir Iarmendi as a six. He's not a pure six. You also would like to use him as an eight-sum. And you have Liam Frazier for that, but you probably needed another pure six, perhaps. Um, and that's what this guy looks to be. Now, of course, Nolan Norris is still in the mix at this position, but he's you know much younger and much rawer and really isn't ready to help you a lot at the MLS level, sort of an emergency. So this is the kind of player that the, the coach talked about all winter and Zanata did too, this idea of making the bottom part of the roster be healthier to actually help you in games and get through some of the way to the season. We'll see if he's any good, of course. There's an option to buy, which is nice. Like You like hearing that up front. So, um, you know, 
fits perfectly into the idea of what this team needed to do to get better. We'll just have to find out if he's any good or not. Hmm. Uh, but we've never heard of him before. You've not seen any tape on him or anything no. like that. We have no idea what we're really getting. I'm sure we could look on YouTube. I, you know, I just got into a hotel from driving all day, so I haven't got a chance to look yet. But I imagine we'll find some tape on YouTube. But none of that matters compared to when you see him. You know, when you see him is what matters in person because people look different. You know, Logan Franklin is a good example. I did not like him at all on tape, and I liked him a lot more in person. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see what he looks like. You know, because sometimes tape's hard to tell. You know who they're going against, and it's all cut just to be the highlights. You know, you don't see the lowlights. You don't see the decision making sometimes. You know, so we'll reserve judgment, but he's not, I wouldn't think you'd walk in and start because that's, that's what ERI Mindy is going to be doing. You know, and even Frazier is more likely to start than this guy right out of the gate, obviously, because he's 20, this kid's 20 years old. But mm-hmm. it's the kind of South American prospect this club has done well with some, not every time, but it falls right in line with, you know, it's it's not quite a U22 initiative signing, but I, I, I really like this signing on paper. You know, is the fact that it's a loan deal instead of just outright buying him? Does that signal anything to you in particular? Just that it's cheaper and it's easier to dump him if it's not good. You're not stuck with him. You know, if you buy him, then you like look at look at they are with Mulatto right now because they did buy him. So like, mm-hmm. and now they don't want him. Well, what can you do with him? You got to try and figure something out. Whereas like this is gives you more options to pull the trigger. You know, uh, and it, and without knowing what his buy price is, you know, it could be that the buy price has got a trigger in it. Like you sometimes happens like, um, uh, uh, pause had a trigger based on starts and his buy. Um, mm-hmm. if you remember, so you know, we'll see what the, whether the option is a trigger or an automatic and, and, or what the price is, or if it's even any good, or maybe this is just an emergency filler and the buy is fake. You know, sometimes they'll, they'll put a buy that's so ridiculous that no one's ever going to buy him. You're really just borrowing a player for a year to rent a player. So only time will tell on that kind of stuff when we see his salary and we see when we find out eventually maybe we might not never do what the buy is. Okay. We'll look forward to seeing what uh, the kid's got in his bag. Yep. Hopefully we get to do that soon. All right. Well, believe it or not, somehow, some way, the game against Messi at the Cotton Bowl has been relegated to being the fourth uh, topic we talk about on today's podcast, which just tells you how much nutty stuff has happened uh, since the game on Monday. I, I intended to go. I had a ticket. Uh, stuff got in the way. And by the time I was available to leave the house, it was almost five o'clock. And I thought, you know what? It's just going to be an absolute cluster F down there. I think I'm going to skip. But the good Dan Crook did not. He was there in attendance, rep in third degree for you, the curious. Dan, what are your uh, overall observations of the uh, late afternoon, early evening? God, I hate that stadium. Um, (laughs) Come on, man. It's (laughs) the best. That's so funny. It's the best stadium. Okay, so (laughs) it's... It's an outdated stadium. I mean, the the upgrades that they're eventually (laughs) going to do are are badly needed. But the organization of it, being that whole Argentine third party, whatever. That's not the stadium's fault. Well, I mean, that's not. But some of some of the stuff was Uh, the the parking passes. Weirdly, it was uh, lot twelve A, which is the regular media lot. Normally, you go in gate twelve, right? Because that's the gate next to the parking lot. No, it was gate two which was the general sale gate for everybody. So it took about half an hour just to get from uh, from the start of the parking to the actual point where the guy was like, I don't know why they put you in this line. Go this way. Um, hmm. So, yeah, that, that was fun. Um, 
the, I guess the stadium, when they pass on the details to FC Dallas to distribute, they never actually set a media entrance. So the security staff didn't even know. Um, so it was uh, kind of a nightmare that way. Uh, that they, There were team employees that were trying to figure out where to go because the, the stadium staff didn't even know. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, a lot of fun there. And then they didn't signpost where anything actually was because they have like three press boxes there. Uh, so yeah, I got sent to three different three different floors by uh, stadium staff. <laughs> I get to see Dan watering that cavernous stadium, trying to yes. find a Well, and, and you know it's like you've been there. This, the elevators oh. there are the slowest things, and they stop at oh, every so single bad. single floor. So yeah. you yeah. press the button yeah. and you wait for ten minutes. Yeah, so ha- Dan, having to do it's, that it's like, was good. Yeah, Dan, it's like Texas's version of the Coliseum. It's an ancient place that's been modified slightly, but none of the things that you're talking about absent the slow elevators is actually the stadium's fault. That's all the organizers and uh, uh, operations staff fault. Come on, man. Well, the, the, stadium the stadium staff should probably know. Th- I mean, when it's the Gold Cup, they have signs up everywhere, right? You go yeah. here, you go here, you're allowed here, you're not allowed there. It was, you know, the, part of that is the stadium. Uh, it was just, okay. uh, yeah, uh, just nightmare. Um, <laughs> but onto the onto the, the game itself, and uh, weirdly, uh, press box food was was Fletcher's corn dogs, just one. Nice. But, uh, that was an interesting <laughs> one. lucky yeah. bastard. Suck. Yeah. No, that that, <sighs> that was the highlight. Honestly, um, the game <laughs> itself. <laughs> really foggy, horrible, shitty day. Uh, Thirty thousand people in the stadium, potentially. Uh, as far as the game itself, you know, as a typical preseason game, a flurry of chances early on, including the goal two minutes and 28 seconds in. Um, really, really nice bit of play that you hope to see in the middle of the season. Iara Mendy makes a nice interception, one times it to Liam Fraser. Fraser plays a fantastic ball into uh, Paul Ariola with his first touch, and then Ariola finds. Jesus off the shoulder of Noah Allen. Jesus kind of goes across. Uh, Jake Callender really should have done better with the with the shot itself. Uh, just kind of you know lower across the body. Pretty simple finish. Messi had that crazy Olympico attempt right on the seventh minute. Apparently, he's never scored one in his professional career. I saw that. Martin I was Pass blown away. Off I... the line and makes a fantastic uh, scramble back. Yeah, I saw that. I thought he'd had to have scored at least one in his career. I was shocked You'd that he had never so, done right? that before. Yeah. Yeah, oh, no, that was that was crazy. So uh, that was obviously some of the uh, you know the the mainstream media um, mark of it. Who uh, watch mascot got to hold his hand and oh, we've heard of this thing. It's called an Olympico. Uh, <laughs> we think it's to do with the Olympic Games. We're not entirely sure. There may have been a gold medal involved. There may have been a Soviet swimmer taking steroids who who knows who knows um <laughs> although that soviet swimmer may have also tried to sign jesus ferreira immediately after the game <laughs> um in terms of the game yeah uh flurry of chances early on really lulled and then uh once a lot of subs happened picked up a little bit towards the end uh really nice thing about it was they played that modified for a uh, three four three pinched in the wingers as kind of inside under forwards jesus ferreira playing at the right wing that was lovely. That plays just to his strengths because how many times have we seen he's 
dropped back. He's ran out wide. He's trying to play a ball into someone, and that someone is not him because that's where he should be. Um, you, um, Eugene Ansar started up as the nine. He seemed a little bit off. Uh, he was making kind of off decisions in terms of the direction, you know, the runs he was choosing, the passes he was picking out. Um, but really nice interplay between Ariola and Ferreira. Second half, you had Logan Farrington up front. He kind of got the assignment. It was really nice to see the the front the front, the front three kind of switching around. It was giving the Miami defense uh, some headaches. Obviously, defense is not the strong part of their game. Jordi Alba aside, uh, but but certainly giving them fits uh, all all evening. The nice, really big surprise was uh, Diego Garcia. Uh, just it's Diego, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Okay, good. That would have been really embarrassing. Um, <laughs> absolutely phenomenal. He was uh, just so tenacious. Uh, I think Farrington had a, had himself a really strong game. Physical, fast, uh, just just really kind of stood up well to defenders. Uh, you know, other than that, just really a pretty standard preseason game. The media availability, very strange. Uh, it actually finished before the elevator got from the press box down and I was able to walk around the stadium. So I didn't catch any of the comments, but they were probably fluff anyway. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, fun experience all around. Sounds like you had a splendid time at the old girl. Um, good for you. Uh, I have not watched the entire game. I've seen the highlights and stuff, and my big, the, my big takeaway really from the evening when it was actually happening that night was watching how the local media just completely fumbles over itself trying to do anything related to Messi. <laughs> All three local affiliates... Uh, ran coverage of the game early in their broadcast that night, like not so even in the sports segment. I'm sorry. So before it finished. No, 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 no. Meaning like at the 10 o'clock news that night, instead of it just being relegated to the sports segment, the sports guy came out and did a little bit about the game because Messi was in town and talked about it. Um, and, you know, just the maddening part of uh, people who are not familiar with the Cotton Bowl in terms of media outside of Dallas showing pictures of how empty the stadium looks. And it's like, guys, there are 30,000 people there. By the way, Andy Swift, who intimately knows that stadium very well, confirmed with me by looking at the pictures. Yeah, that looks about 30,000 people. But because it holds 92,000 people, it looks really, really empty. And so when, you know the Daily Mail or whatever writes an article and shows all the pictures and like, oh, what a horror show that Messi can't draw, you know, can only draw a tiny crowd in Dallas. It's like, yeah, dude, you don't really know what you're talking about. It's a little frustrating to see that because I saw, I think, Sport Bible did something and I wish they had a comment feature or a way that you can, you know, because it was 30,000 people at five o'clock in the area that has the worst rush hour traffic in North Texas. Um it was foggy. By the end of the game, I couldn't see the people directly opposite in the stadium. It was that foggy. Driving down, I drove straight past downtown. I never saw a damn building. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the weather was uh, crappy all day. I mean, it had finally stopped raining by oh, the and time. Oh, it was pissing down, too. Oh, during the game it was? Yeah. I mean, oh, put I it this way. I, I did like 1,500 miles driving back and forth in, uh, in the snow and ice last week, right? Up and down, back and forth between Arkansas and here. My car was covered. My bright blue SUV was 
light gray because of the amount of like road salt and that weird beat treatment and stuff. I got back to my car. It was sparkling. So that was that was <laughs> not the lightest rain the in the world. <laughs> yeah, so I thought overall I was impressed. I didn't think 30,000 people were going to show up. I had put the over and under at 20,000. So that's actually you know, what stadium staff said. They they estimated at 25,000. They had 65 originally up for sale. Yeah, uh, because they killed a few rows around the front, and then I think the VIP they they only did uh, a handful of tickets. Well, thank you for that recap, Dan. Buzz, I know you've watched the game via the uh, delay on uh, yeah. out there in Florida. What were your reactions to the game, other than your uh, instant reaction video you posted? Well, let's talk about the three four three. As Dan mentioned, the difference between the the failure of it last year when they did it, when, why it didn't work. As Dad talked about, it's the front line. Um, you know, Dallas last year played a four-three-three so much that the wings, being people like Obreon or 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 whoever else you're running out there at the time, Ariel of various guys that even Velasco at some point, um, you know, they they tend to play that high sort of three line, and and the in the four-three-three, the, the width comes from those wings. Well, in a in, in a three-four-three, you know, or as the team called it, a five-two-two-one. The width comes from the wing back and the very name of the position, a wing and a back, both. Those guys are supposed to run up and down the field, which is why you see guys like Dante Seeley and Herbert Endelay, these young guys that are vertical, play that spot for Coach Nico. And the, the number one thing is that those wings, as Dan said, they have to be inverted because if they play as traditional wings, the, the first thing they do is they cover up the wing backs. And the second thing they do is they abandon the midfield and then you're outnumbered in the midfield all the time. So in this game, they did it correctly where the wings were inside and underneath in the half spaces as the Brits, I think like to call them, you know, and you're effectively making a box with the Aramendi and Frazier behind you and you're playing off of your striker and you're allowing the width to come from those wing backs. That's how it's supposed to execute. And that's really good. So it's nice to see them correctly execute a three, four, three, even if they don't use it all the time. It shows a the value of Jesus in that off position. You might end up seeing a four four two with him in that off, in that off position, or you might see a three four three with him playing like Velasco does that inverted wing that underneath position. So there's lots of options in the coach's um, up coach's sleeve at this point for how you want to play with Jesus in those various formations, particularly now that you can execute the three four three correctly. So that's really exciting. And the second thing is to follow up on Diego Garcia. He's technically a North Texas SC player. He cannot. I don't think be a homegrown because he's from El Paso locomotive. He's not from their own Academy. So um, he's ahead of, in my opinion, a couple of the homegrowns that, that, that are, have been added. Um, you know, Ali Zura is a homegrown that moved up from North Texas because he had a flex contract. So he's one of the first of one of the hybrid guys that probably the first hybrid contract. So he was going to be a homegrown no matter what. So it's going to be harder for Diego to make the first team because of the fact that he's not, I don't everything I understand about the rules. He can't be a homegrown, but he did come in and he finished second in the beep test at the start of camp. And when I asked coach about that, he said, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Now I'm sure coach has seen him before, but what he was saying was the kid came into camp and crushed it right out of the gate, showing that he really wanted to be there with that kind of performance. And he was rewarded by that and his play in camp being that first half sub in that position and then playing pretty well, uh, and that's really telling. It tells you what they think of the kid. So it, could he be signed to FC Dallas? I think right now the numbers don't make sense. I actually, in my book, I had him down as one more year at North Texas. But 
I think you'll see him in FC Dallas training a lot. And I think that over the course of this season, depending on what happens with other bodies, they might end up needing a guy, you know, at some point eventually. Uh, and he would be the next guy that could come in at that spot. It's a really bright prospect. He is only 17 and he's already looking like he can handle that level. So it's a very exciting player. Do we need to, uh, because we're talking about kind of uh, the attacking end of the field, we and we we talked a lot about Jesus earlier, do we need to mention or get, update anybody on anything about his injury situation? Because he did leave the game with what appears to be a reoccurrence of his groin situation. So that was that was a bit of an interesting one. He went, yeah, he took that, uh, he took a free kick, went down holding the left side of his groin. Um, looked bad, you know, they walked him off, Nolan... You know, started getting his warm-up to come in three minutes past with the team down to 10 men. The thing that kind of stuck out for me is if his injury is that bad, he's straight down the tunnel getting treatment. He went back to the bench, which makes me think, all right, preseason, he's tight, precaution more than anything. But, uh, you know, obviously we have to wait until uh, anyone can can speak to someone. Yeah, it, it is possible. He did not have surgery it is possible though. He could have popped some scar tissue that does happen. You know, when you're in recovery mode, it that really hurts. Painful. Well, yeah, it, it, ha- it, it almost does. always happens and it really hurts, but it's like once, once you're over the pain and it's fine, a little recovery and you're good to go. So cross our fingers. That's all it is. Of course, there's people panicking. They're like, I was going out for a month or two. We'll see, you know, hopefully not. There's no official word yet. No unofficial word yet either. So we'll just have to wait and cross our fingers. It's not bad. Yeah, I mean, we'll find out Saturday, right? Yeah. Buzz, I'm interested in your reaction to the Ford. I heard a lot of positive uh, feedback. From, yeah. I saw a lot of positive feedback about Logan Farrington. I like him. I, I like him a lot better in person than I did on tape. I liked him in training because when I saw him in small space. And for a guy that's a little bit taller to look pretty good in small space is really exciting. He's pretty tidy with the ball. Um, and he moves really well. He knows how to play. He, again, I don't think he's fast. But he reads the game really well and moves correctly, moves with good timing. That's a really important thing for Coach Estevez. Even though you know they were talking about the idea of them getting a bigger body post-up kind of nine, which this kid can do also, you know, he still likes guys that move. You gotta be able to move right and read the game right and react right. Dan talked about that interplay in the front three. Um, even when you have a guy who's gonna be more of a center channel guy than Jesus, he's not a false nine. He still wants to be able to move you know, play and interplay with each other. So there's some really good signs there. I think that, I think that really quickly he'll be in the mix, you know, it has a potential to be in the mix as much as Jimenez was, you know, it, assuming they're going to get another nine. Um, if it's him and Ansa going head to head, I don't necessarily think there's a chance that he might not beat out Ansa the way Ansa played. If they're bringing in a DP, obviously that changes things. But I still think there's a very good chance that Logan could end up being the number two guy here, you know, playing those late minutes, playing, getting some starts here and there. You know, we'll see if he can score. That's the key. Like, if you can't put the ball in the net, nothing's going to happen. But uh, the signs look really positive. I, I like what I see, which is, I'm really happy about because I did not like what I saw on the tape. So this was complete preseason overreaction um, or knee generation, rather. But I kind of saw first year Tesho. Someone who can get wide, who can actually has hold up play in their body. That's such that's something that FC Dallas just has lacked so greatly. There was a there was a really nice passage of play at the end. Uh, took the ball away in the bo- in the uh, in the defending box. Uh, Pedrino makes this fantastic run up the middle, finds Farrington down the side. Farrington is twisting and turning, just trying to like create that 
half yard of space like Frank O'Hara would do, uh, which is 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 a great asset. That's such a season thing to do from a guy who's what twenty two. Um, plays beautiful ball, low driven into the box for Nolan Norris's run. Uh, how they didn't score on that player, I don't know. But I was just kind of like, yep, yep. I see, uh, I see rookie of the year Tesho right there. That's <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm curious. Um, the name that's I've not heard anybody mention, and I'm now just going while Dan was talking. I was just looking at the list. Where was um, Kamungo? I don't know. He was not rusted, so presumably rested. Did he get? Was he injured at the national team camp? Didn't get a chance to ask anyone. Not, not that I noticed, but he played. I think he didn't. He start. You know, and and I don't think Nikosi mm-hmm. started, so I probably felt Nikosi was good to start. Nikosi didn't even play in that game. They not? I didn't watch. So, no. no. Yeah. So Nikosi was fine. I'm sure that was it. I'm sure it was just coming back from that playing. You know, and Nima apparently has Dan thinks Nima had a knock because he wasn't listed either to Amasi. Uh, and Nima was at was in the stadium. We should sure. talk about Omar Gonzalez probably. Oh my God, he felt so at home. I know. Apparently, I, I understand he's from here. He is. No, no. Skyline. I, he he looked at home in the team. Yeah. Ah. Oh, I thought Dan was making a joke about repeated oh. storytelling. And I, and I thought you'd forgotten he went to Skyline High School. Dude, I'm the one that shared pictures of him in FC Dallas training. I know. 17. That's why. That's, you're such a good actor. You fooled yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> I, apparently, he was uh, trying to help somebody on the side of the highway and was involved with it. Never okay, mind. stop it. Yeah. So, Dan, that's you a at Discord home. only joke. Yeah, okay. <laughs> 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 but no, he. Uh, I I liked what I saw. Uh, the fact that he absolutely blew past Suarez a couple of times was <laughs> that nice. Was funny, yeah. Uh, <laughs> after oh, who 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 did Suarez race past, which was kind of disturbing. Man, you can hear Luis Suarez's knees on the broadcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he he sprinted past some but one of the FC Dallas defenders in the first half. I didn't see uh, that. But, no, it was good. Uh, you know, um, Gonzalez, obviously very tall. He's that guy who's getting under crosses. He's clearing things out. He kind of, when Kosi started in the center in the first half, kind of pushed him out to the left. Good to see uh, Kosi getting those those reps in, in the left center back position because that's obviously been a, a point of concern, someone that can play on the left there. Um, I liked what I saw. He was having good, there were good teaching moments with a, a couple of the younger players, uh, I don't know. I mean, is he centre-back two? No. Is he a, a viable centre-back three? On that performance, yeah, it's a step up from Jose Martinez. I'm I'm still just annoyed because I wanted an upgraded centre-back two, and I wanted Ibiaga to be three. But, you know, I on the on the surface, I think, I think it's Omar's a great guy to have brought in. You know, again, yeah. that's not what the problem is. Not that's not him. the problem. Yeah. yeah. The but problem agree, is yeah, if, if really good. The problem is, is if Tafari gets hurt, you're stuck oh, with God. two guys at a collective age of almost 70 as your starting center backs. That's yeah. the problem. Or Nolan, At I least guess. one of them is quick. Yeah. Fair. I, see, I don't even think Sebastian is all that fast. He's fast enough. He is. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay, well, um, good stuff. It was. I thought it was a good time. I thought it was great that the club got some exposure. I felt bad. I. I. I well, let me say this. Uh, the story I was telling the other day to somebody was is one. I'm not going to say who, and I'm not going to say what channel, but one of the local affiliates was doing the highlights of the game during the sports segment, 
and the lead anchor, lead sports anchor, was showing the highlights, and he showed the uh, the highlight of the messy shot and the pause save. No, exactly the, what you're about to say. Now, the pause save is world-class, and it is absolutely the lead of that particular highlight, but this particular sportscaster's comment to that was, and Messi misses the shot, and then they cut to the next thing, and he... Not did he say the keep. He didn't even say the keeper made a great save. Much less know what Martin Paz's name is, and I and that just reinforced to me how broken the relationship between this club and the local media is. That they when they get Messi to town, they barely can bring themselves to talk about Dallas or know the players' names. All they can do is talk about Messi, and I get that part of it, but I, I that really bothered me a lot in watching the coverage on Monday night. It was funny, the, uh, I can't remember who it was now, but someone put a link into Discord and it was a recap that was uh, talking about, oh, you know, Messi didn't score. Uh, people came to see Messi. The other number 10 scored. Someone who had the name Ferreira on his back. Like, you mean the yeah the, the Gold Cup's top scorer, the, the guy who scored a shit ton of goals for the U.S. national team, the guy yeah. who, you know. Channel 5 did a package, and they ended up interviewing some guy who claims to be part of El Matador, but then on television said, well, we're actually all Messi fans first or something to that effect, and that was totally bogus. Uh, you know, the guys on my own radio station, the, you know, the main Monday through Friday guys, when they brought up the game and talked about it, they're all, you know, I just... It's really frustrating to see this club's inability to connect with local media, and I don't, and I don't get why it is so. Well, I do know why, but it's just frustrating that it's so broken. Well, that's why Peter, I've been doing what I do for twenty-seven years. I know, I know, I know. Thank God for Buzzard. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way, but yeah, this is the frustration I've always saw and always have struggled with. So I was like, well, if no one's else going to do it, we might as well do it ourselves. Yeah. It just feels okay. like it's always getting worse. You know, when I first moved here, there were you, there were weekly appearances with George John and Stephen Keel and whoever else, and on a couple of channels. And there was actual, you know, you could see the odd highlight on the on the, the news in the sports section. Now it's, you know, th- th- I mean, outside of the kick around, does does the does the team even exist? We don't even talk about the team very much anymore, but, uh, you know. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, there you go. Well, at least it's a one nothing win for the good guys and starts off the preseason in a good way, and they can say they beat Messi, and Martin Paz has uh, a fantastic save for his highlight. By the way, let me just also say about Paz, the longer he is here, the more I fall in love with that dude because he genuinely seems to care and have an interest in Dallas and our sports culture and our other teams. And he just continues to do things that really make me like the guy more. Not that I ever didn't like him, but I he's really quickly climbing the charts of my all-time favorite Dallas players. Are yeah, you guys picking up on that too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he's, okay. he's, a, he's a great guy. Yeah, he's a fantastic keeper. My own worry at this point is he's going to leave. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm with you. Yeah, I hope not. You know, I hope they can keep him for a while because he's really good. I mean, not that they don't have good guys coming through the system because they do, right. and Antonio, but Antonio's not paused, not yet, you know. 
All right, let's wrap this up because I know Buzz has something, a deadline, uh, a hard stop here in just a few minutes. Yep. Uh, other news, guys playing with the U-20s, Buzz? Yeah, uh, Tarek Scott, who we all know from his FC Dallas homegrownness, uh, and, and Malachi Molina, who's in North Texas signing at you know 16 years old. He's a right back, converted winger. You know He's in the same mold as Brian Reynolds. I don't know if he's Brian Reynolds, but... He's an exciting young player. I've been on uh, for about three years now. Those two guys got called in the Jamaica U-20s. Um, Molina was in their U-17 team. He was there, started every single game for them last year. So he's you know up two age groups basically now and called into the 20 camp. Uh, and Scott, of course, was hurt last year. So that's this is his first. Unfortunately, I feel bad for Tarek. They misspelled his name on a stupid social media but in the roster they turned in. But everyone knew who it was. So those two guys are getting the Jamaica U-20 for the um, Kennedy Calf Championships, which are coming up like in February. Mm-hmm. So that's really exciting for him. There's, there's obviously a shot that some of the FC Dallas guys, maybe like Antonio possibly could be, I still I think still in the U-20 team, unless I've miscounted. Because he was in their last, uh, in their last prep. Uh, he may be too old now. I forgot okay. to check that. Um, yeah, because him and, and Nico, but, oh no, that's no, he's still 19, the 23s. Yeah. Yeah, Antonio's still 19, and he went to that Pan Am Games along with Nolan. I think Nolan's probably not in the U20 team, but I think you know I think he's probably missed that. But Antonio was number two choice, you know, at the U20s last year, so he should still be in that mix too, even though there's not a call up yet for him. But anyway, exciting for those guys that they're going to be in the Concacaf Championship, maybe. Yep, and it was very cool to see Bernie get a start for the national team on the game against Slovenia on Saturday. Um, unfortunately, he didn't have a very good <laughs> – it wasn't a great game for him. And it was also disappointing to not see Tafari get any time in the game, but um, uh, I'm glad they made it back in one piece. Uh, that's Especially good. with that uh, – was it the, the centre-back from Columbus who was absolute crap? Yeah, yeah that's I'm, not a good sign that Kosi didn't get the play. Yeah, that's a weird deal. Makes me wonder what was up with all that, and uh, you know, the game overall was. Uh, we were the, we were on the air when the game was on, so we I didn't really see it. But Andy, the, I was my back was to the TV. Andy was watching, and Andy was like, "Yeah, this team looks completely. <laughs> this looks like a bunch of guys that have never played together, which I guess essentially it was." Yeah, it is. All right, so next up for uh, Football Club Dallas is they've got their game on Saturday versus New Mexico, and then Buzz they go to Spain. You have your invitation. Yeah. You got your tickets. You no, going? No, I no, can't go this year. Dan, didn't that you was, get invited too? Oh, that was me that got invited. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, thought Buzz uh, no, I was, There was a chance I was going to be in the UK uh, after the weekend. So, uh, yeah, they were like, hey, uh, since you're in the neck of the woods, come on. Wait, Buzz, didn't you get invited too? Yeah. I told you that oh, last week. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. You both got invited. Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't get invited. Well, you don't get invited to anything, dude. I know. Well, you, you know, know, you have to go to training to get invited. Well, no, well, we know why I didn't get invited. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, very good. Solid episode. Yeah, Dan will be. I believe Dan will be at the New Mexico game, so we'll get some good coverage there. And, and I will be there. And then, real quick, to end this kit talk, I don't have a good feeling about this, guys. Yeah, I don't either. Just so everybody knows, we have not released it. Dan has put together a mock-up, and I'm not completely against the mock-up. And I, when are we going to put that out, by the way, guys? Or are we going to? I mean, i got to finish it still. I've yeah, got to finish it's, the it's, it's Dan's schedule. Before cocktails and cleats. We need to do it before that. Well, that's, that's well away. Yeah. And just to prep everybody, I have shown the mock-up 
to people who either have seen the actual jersey or know people who have seen the jersey and showed it to them. And there is a common thread of, yeah, that's actually better than the real thing. Oh, jeez. I mean, the bits, the bits of the kit I have seen, just it, it looks like it's been thrown together. Well, I'm a, let me say this. I have a feeling what we're going to end up with is something that is very subjective. It's going to be kind oh, yeah. of a really interesting oh, not design. Crappy flag jersey again. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to be a bit like that. I think it's just going to be some sort of interesting pattern or gradient or fade. And it's just going to be, do you like that as a design idea? And I think some people are going to like it and some people aren't. Remember... You remember the last uh, hoop jersey where all the hoops were kind of at the bottom of the jersey, like the Watford yeah, shirt the at the time? Plate, we call it the River Plate kit. Yeah. yeah, and I did not like that design, but a whole bunch of other people did. So maybe that's what this is going to be, but I'm just forewarning everybody, early indicators are, is that there's something really, uh, uh, something, yeah, well, you know what I'm saying. My expectations are so low that I'm hoping I might actually like it because the, my expectations are like rock bottom at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Crossing oh, my no. fingers would actually be better than that, but I'm not optimistic. That and the uh, flame vomit wallpaper jersey in the same season. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh, no. Okay. Well, Dan, thank you for all your excellent, excellent coverage. Thanks for going to the game and giving everybody uh, the overview of the, the the Miami victory. Yeah, yeah. Anytime. I'll, I'll torture myself at the Cotton Bowl all day. And get paid in corn dogs, lucky dog. A corn dog. Okay, acorn dog. It's better than nothing. Third Degree, the podcast has been brought to you by Soccer90.com. They got everything you can want Premier League, Serie A, La Liga, MLS, all the European stuff, national teams, the sweet, sweet FC Dallas gear. Hopefully, soon, the new FC Dallas jersey. Soccer90.com. As a Third Degree listener, you get 20% off when you use the code Third Degree at checkout. 20% off. Soccer90.com. Code Third Degree. Some exclusions do apply. All right, Buzz, have fun at uh, Disney World. Say hello to Minnie for me. Oh, I'm already win. I'm on my way back. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll be back in Dallas tomorrow night. All right. Well, drive safe, uh, my friend. We'll say hi to Bucky then. Yeah. Yes. No, I don't do the Buckies. <laughs> okay. And uh, thank you, FC Dallas Curious. We will talk to you next week on another episode of Third Degree, the podcast. Comrade Ferreira, salute you. Third Degree, the Third Degree Nerd Podcast. Third Degree, the Third Degree Nerd Podcast. Third Degree, the Third Degree Nerd Podcast. Third Degree, the Third Degree Nerd Podcast.